Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Lost in the Long Box. I'm Thomas. Enos has just snuck in here, and we, of course, have Madman on the boards. Hello. Randy, unfortunately, will not be able to be with us tonight. He had some family issues that he had to attend to. Um, special notice, but for Lost in the Long Box, we are officially one year old as of today. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to us, yes. And granted, I understand it pales in comparison as to the you know, other events that happened on this day and back in 2001, September 11, 2001. But, you know, still, happy birthday to us. And to all those that dealt with that and are survivors and lost loved ones, you know, we're sorry. And that being that I am a veteran, that was a very surreal day. Yeah, it was. Because... You didn't know it, you didn't know what to think, what to feel, but at the same time, nothing else mattered but making sure that everybody was okay. Yeah. Right, and it's it's one of those things that's the crucial point of your life. My dad had Kennedy, you know. I right, have right. I have nine eleven. Right, you know. So, so me, sorry. I had it back to back. I had the Gulf War, and then I had then so, I had this. So, Sarge, were you in? When, uh, no, September? I had I was done. I had um, gotten out ten years before. So for our listeners, Enos was in the uh, ar- the army, correct? Air Force. Air Force. Okay, See, I told you, you, I you thought were right. I thought Air he was. I th- but he, where he was Chair Force. Yep. He's got that Chair Force physique. <laughs> where he achieved the rank of Sergeant. From so from now on, Madman, I've decided his nickname is Sarge. Sarge. <laughs> Absolutely. But also, happy birthday to us and for this one year anniversary of us doing Lost in the Long Box. We've had a great it time bringing cool. it to you. Yeah, you know, I was actually in the Navy. I was going to say, weren't oh, you? you? I know you eventually. Were you in at the time? Yeah, um, we were in the process of moving our servers from um, a building we had, uh, we were embarked in at that time, onto my ship, the USS Mount Whitney. Um, but as the events of the day started unfolding, we started getting like, you know, hold fast on station. And then eventually you know, we got the orders that, you know, move everything back to the building because we don't know who's going to deploy. Because somebody was going to deploy, and everyone, oh yeah, everyone, oh knew yeah, it. everyone knew it. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Like I said, you know, I had gotten up that morning because I was working the night shift in uh, CSR, our claims department, at that time. And my grandmother, who ironically passed a year later, had called me to see if every had just called to see if everything was okay or what have you. And at the same time I turned on the television just after the second plane had just hit. Oh wow. And and I'm like and where we were that day, it was just like for any of our listeners who remember the 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 explosion of the space shuttle challenger. I don't care how many times you saw that explode. It was you were still just numb that it that you bore witness to something like that. Absolutely, yeah. same thing yeah. with same and and, and the same thing applied with um with the attacks that day. It was just like I can't believe I'm watching this yeah. because let's let's be real, ladies and gentlemen. We only saw something like that in a movie or a television show. Absolutely. Right. And that and truth be told, that is as far as we actually believed it was ever, we was ever going to get to something like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I again I still say I I I want to reiterate that was on that was a day that was filled with a lot of confusion, a lot of emotions. Yeah. A lot. I mean, you didn't know whether to go left, right, or what have you. But at the same time, nothing else mattered but making sure that your fellow man was all right. And pardon my French, but it's a damn shame. A damn shame that we came. It took something like that to bring us together. Right. And in 18 years, Look how- this country is so divided that it's not even funny. I have made numerous Facebook posts. Forgive me for going, going off here. It's all right. But I have made numerous Facebook posts stating that we are better than this. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We are better than this. You're going to have differences. You're going to have differences of opinion, political persuasion, 
difference in likes and food, you name it. As long as you're you're different from the person next to you, you're going to have differences. Everybody's not going to agree. Yep. But to allow... That to separate us as Americans. To separate, to to allow foolishness to separate us the way it has. We need to remember how it's days like this that it's good for us to look back and remember how we were. And if we could be that good to each other back then, please tell me, ladies and gentlemen, what the hell is wrong with us now? Yeah, please don't let it come to another September 11th. Exactly. For exactly. Get, get along and it shouldn't. Out. And man, man, to co-sign what you said, it shouldn't have to come to anything like that because of the simple fact we need to remember who we are and where we are. How's the weather on that soapbox, man? Inspiring hey, words hey, there hey, by the stars. Hey, hey, listen, like you and I, you and I both serve. Yeah. So you know where I'm coming from absolutely. on this. Yeah, Absolutely. So, 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 so forgive, forgive me, ladies and gentlemen. I know this is a comic book show and we, it's all about light, but, but, but today, it's like, yeah. it, but, but, but given what today is, my pastor is always famous for saying in his sermons, sometimes somebody's got to tell the truth. Oh, yeah. And, and if I got to be the one to take the arrows, so be it. Absolutely. Thank you for that, Sarge. Appreciate it. Thanks, yep. Sarge. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, Happy birthday to us, too. Happy birthday to us. Very very minor in the grand, grand scheme of things. But yes, one year. I didn't think it would last this long. I really didn't. So I am so glad to be doing this by you guys. Oh, yeah. I think, I think Randy's somewhere listening to this podcast going, what? I should have been there. <laughs> but let's go ahead and get to some, uh, some, some comic, comic book stuff, book stuff and right. uh, comic book-related news now. Uh, Marvel Incoming. That's the one shot that's going to be coming out later in the year. The uh, the one about the, the the death and the major character death. House of X character ties in. Mask of Eternity for Marvel 1000. And now an ad showing the champions are involved. Sounds like it's a good idea, mystery comic. But you think there might be too much going on in this? Uh, yeah. Sounds like they're trying to get a lot into one, one issue there. And they said it's a major character death. Remember when Marvel lost the rights to the Fantastic Four for movies and they weren't able to get them back, they got petty and took the Fantastic Four out of their lineup in comic books. So am I the only one here that thinks this is Peter Parker that's dead? Peter Parker? Peter Parker. It's not a big stretch. But, uh, you know, in comics, anything is possible. So I'm not going to dismiss anything you say. On that, because I mean know, that's pure speculation. I haven't heard anything, but you know, based on past track record with with them removing the Fantastic Four and them saying it's a major character death, I'm looking at Peter. Yeah, after finishing that Infinite Crisis book, uh, I, yeah, I think anything's possible. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm, oh, looking, yeah. I'm looking right at Peter Parker. I mean, we won't, we won't know for for a while, and I probably will pick this up to see who for no other reason just to see who it is. But that is my bet right now. Yeah, well, you know, Spider Man as a character, he's like the easy girl of. Uh, Marvel Comics. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He's, he's just been everywhere. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for him to be dead, right? So he's been everywhere else. Why not dead? Yeah. Why not dead? <laughs> but you know what? I always said the biggest mistake they made with Spider-Man, when they did Spider-Girl, when when, Mayday, when they had that Mayday Parker book, yeah. the way Peter was in that book, he was perfect. You saw him evolve. He... I think one of the biggest things about Spider-Man that I can't stand that it seems like everybody loves is that people are grateful for people get off on him being this eternal sad sack. That's always, you know, in the dumps, nothing goes right for him. But sooner or later, they they say the sun shines on a dog's butt one day, sooner or later. And like, you would think that maybe eventually he would, get to that point where we could see Spider-Man go to a whole nother level. Well, yeah. I think that's why Spider-Man appeals to people in general is because he has low self-esteem. That's the issue. He has low right. self-esteem. He's every man. And if you read the comic books, it's like every single female character is into him. You know? Oh, yeah. It's, it's just that he doesn't know it. You know, he's got, he, he has a spider sense. He can see attacks coming, but he doesn't. But he can't see, yeah. he can't see the fact that Mary Jane and Gwen Stacy and Betty Brandt and well, Felicia well, Hardy. I mean, if you were a Superman and you had superhero, you'd know exactly who in the break room is interested in you. Exactly. Because right. you're listening. Exactly. It's like, oh, Lois been talking about me a lot in the break room. And, and Peter, <laughs> who, you know, has plenty of women that are interested in him. Has yeah, no idea. Has no idea. And that's why I think that Superman kept his 
feelings on the low for Lois because he knew all right. the time he, he could have swooped in felt. there. Yeah, he could have swooped in there and got it. Uh, DC Comics, a style guide from the legendary comics artist Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. It shaped the Burkbanks publisher's look in 1980, has become something of a holy grail for DC fans. Um, there's now a petition for its release. Um, you know, he was commissioned to create the style guide for, for DC artists as well as license holders and became the standard for DC releases over two decades. So something people are, are clamoring for here. And might I also add that if you are familiar with the animated series, the Superpowers Team Galactic Guardians, which was the last installment of the Super, Friend, Super Friends franchise in 1985, if the models, if the characters look familiar, kind of familiar to you on that show, it is because Jose Luis Garcia Lopez did the model sheets. And there was an episode of that series called The Fear, which no one re knew it at the time was actually going was actually serving as a pilot for a new Batman animated series, which we didn't get until seven years later. There you go. Which was great. Yeah. Oh, Batman, the animated series <laughs> yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. I think that's kind of like the standard bearer for, yeah. for most uh, animated cartoons as far as for superheroes. That was fantastic. Um, my, one of my favorite ones was the, the gray ghost episode with Adam oh, yeah. West. Oh, I yeah, still yeah. say yeah. to this day and I don't care what anybody says. I honestly believe in that episode, Adam West passed the torch to Kevin Conroy. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Yeah, that, that does seem... Now, I never thought about it before, but I, I can see where you're coming from on that. Absolutely. Be because who greater than the most... The man who was... Even after the two Michael Keaton films, yeah. the man who was synonymous with Batman would voice on arguably the greatest animated rendition of him, yeah, and pass the torch mm -hmm. to to Kevin Conroy. And ladies and gentlemen, I've met I've met the man Kevin Conroy. That is, you couldn't find a better guy. There you go. Good compliment there. Um, Marvel and Scholastic have announced that they've joined to um, uh, forces in a multi year deal to create new original stories for young readers about their heroes. Um, first releases will be two middle grade books: Shuri, a Black Panther novel written by Nick Stone, and Avengers Assembly. And I apologize because I'm going to butcher this name by. Preeti Chibber. I'm sure I butchered that, and I apologize greatly for it. Um, both books are expected to have a uh, release sometime next year, so that's fantastic. I would have loved to have been able to pick up some Marvel graphic novels and books when you know during Scholastic book fairs when right? I was in elementary school. Oh, yeah. So that's great. Um, yeah, we never we never had the cool no. stuff like that. I think the best you can get was like a sticker book. Yeah, yeah. something like or that. I kind of went for the choose your yeah. own adventure books myself. Yeah, those were it, yeah. those and were like great. in. Uh, when I was in school, the best you got was a Super Friends poster. Right. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with, with the Wonder Twins. Would you want be oh, no, a, we oh, didn't like have that. Like we wasn't the Wonder Twins. Grill it was Wendy and Marvin and Wonder Dog. There you go. Wonder Dog. Gotta love some Wonder Dog. All right. Coming out of Rio de Janeiro, um, Mayor Marcelo Crivella ordered the banning of the Avengers, the Children's Crusade, from the Biennial de Liviro Book Fair because it depicted a same-sex kiss. Then ordered a raid of the fair to confiscate all copies, but it had already sold out. The fair, in turn, filed an injunction against the mayor. As most, as the most read newspaper in Brazil, Fajela de Saipalo, which I am sure I am butchering these names because <laughs> I do not speak Spanish, has posted Favela, the scene in question. Favela Sao Paulo? There you go. Thank you, Madman. I appreciate that. You did it right. I did it right? Yeah, you did. Okay. You got it straight. I'm the man. See, look at you. See, Don't speak a word you. of Spanish, but I got that right. They're not a lick of Spanish, and you got it right. Go on with your bad actually self. Portuguese. Yeah. Portuguese. Okay. Hey, look. If anybody my, knows My point stands man. there. I, I don't speak a lick, of, lick of Portuguese. Has posted the scene in question. Hulkling and Wick and Kissing, as drawn by Jim Chung, from the comic book on the front cover of their newspaper. Uh, uh, ain't that like an old issue well first off i'd like to say congratulations to the newspaper for getting this out here because that was a major overreaction on the part of the mayor i mean come on now. big time i i mean you know think what you will i'm not going to tell you that but i think he's wrong this is by you right? this is brazil right this is brazil yeah. I, I think he's wrong in his way of thinking and i think his way of thinking is backwards well i but mean come on here I mean, well the last people's tried to burn books i mean people smuggled them out of that country i mean i mean in right. the territories. I mean, you don't want to do that. That's a very dangerous concept. It's like trying Oh, yeah, to burning books? Oh, yeah, no. Or, you know, censorship. Censorship in general, yeah. Period. No. Period, yeah. yeah. And Enos brings up a great point here. 
and you know it doesn't have anything to do with with what was going on there politically but the avengers the children crusade is a very old story i think it came out in 2010 Something that's like, like a that. 9 year old book is brazil that far behind in getting our comics over there uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure they are. Uh, yeah, I think I mean, they're still like, playing Sega Master System. They they are. That is true. <laughs> but that is one of the top selling uh-huh. guys. He oh, he's serious. Actually, I am serious. Oh, complete, oh no, I he's know completely he is. serious. The Sega Master System is is, is still one of the best selling consoles over there. I think that's amazing. I loved mine. So I never had one. I oh, wish I had. I still have mine. It's fantastic. Nice. Yeah, but but yeah, he's he's completely serious. But yeah, it's. <laughs> This book came out nine years ago. I mean, so I, I, I just assumed that, you know, these things were translated and sent to other countries as well, they yeah, came there's, out. There's generally but, a delay, even with music and stuff like that. You know, if you're an artist like a like a big time artist, uh, like I, I, I learned about this with Queen because mm-hmm. I read a lot about Queen, my favorite band. And so um, uh, they would uh, they would put out an album, you know, they're putting like an album out every year. Mm-hmm. And um and then they would, uh, someone would come to them. It's like, okay, now we would like you to record uh, this song, or, or we're going to release this song in Brazil, or we're going to release this song in India, or whatever. And it's like from the last album. And it's like, well, you know, it's too new, you know. And plus, I mean, you know, this is the seventies uh, and so forth, and so right. you know, they actually had to print it and sh- you know ship it, and so I was diff- couldn't download it from the internet or anything like that. So. Right. Wow. Yeah it, yeah, it took time for the media to distribute. And, uh, but I mean, the internet's kind of changing that. But the fact is, is that the internet is not everywhere yet. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that's definitely a huge overreaction here. I mean, it, I don't see anything wrong with it, with, with the content of the book. I've read The Children's Crusade. No. I, yeah, nothing wrong with it whatsoever. I'm just, I'm, I'm anti censorship in, in general. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. no reason to censor it at all. Um, when, when, Stan Lee did that story about drug use and the Comics Code Authority. Yeah. Said they're not going to print it because there's like pictures of drugs and it's like deals with real addiction and stuff like that, real issues and stuff like that. Um, Stan Lee said he, he didn't want to change it. And he, I forget the guy he went to and said, who was a editor in chief or something at the time. I forget yeah. who. And he says, uh, and he says, well, let's go ahead and print it without the, uh, without the approval, without the CCA. Yeah. So was yeah. it three or four issues? Of was it I think so. Yeah, I'm so it's sure. like it, it's three or four issues in, the, in like the late '90s, early 100s yeah. that that have, don't have the Comics Code Authority. Those are those are the ones I've always wanted to pick up yeah, be, because I mean, of that. I think that's bold. I, I, it was kind of a you know thumb in their nose at the, the Comics Code Authority, right? Well, and it sent out a good message too. Well, well, you, and also the Green Lantern, Green Arrow, Hard Traveling Heroes had a yeah. particular. Issue where it was revealed that Roy Harper, aka Speedy, aka Arsenal, was, was a heroin on, addict, yeah, straight up and that was heroin. on the cover. Wasn't and it? that was on the cover. Yeah, yeah that was on the cover. And and and, and it was and was um, Hal was telling um, Ollie. He said, "You seem to have the answer for everything. What's your answer for this?" And and I mean that spoke volumes. Yeah. Such a, it's a great cover. That's it, it was. Yeah. It, it was. It was, was amazingly drawn cover. Yeah, man. Absolutely. You know, it had a lot of emotion and everything. Neil it, Adams it, it was, was very, in your face, man. Was, I'm yeah. telling powerful. you. Very powerful. Was, oh, yeah. Yeah. He was like the first one to break uh, break panels. Oh, yeah. Oh, it looked so beautiful the first time people saw it, you know? Oh, there will never be another like Neil Adams. And I'm just so sorry that um, Dick Giordano is no longer with us because his inks made his work. The it, classic that it is. It matters. Inks, oh yeah, inks matter. Inks. Oh yeah. Well, as you know, I'm um, met Brett Breeding back in uh, June um, at um, GalaxyCon. It is amazing, that, folks. Your comics. It takes a number of people to make your comic great, and what makes you spend your money every month. And I'm here to tell you, an anchor can make or break an artist. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and oh, no doubt. And he can either, <sighs> no doubt. He can make your work better or worse. Or he'll make it worse. And I did not know this until I actually really looked at it. If you ever read the um Untold Legend of Batman written by Lynn Wein back in the 80s. Lynn Wein it was done by Lynn Wein and Late. Jim Apparel. At, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um but John Byrne did the first issue. Really? He drew the first issue, but Apero inked his work. And what was so beautiful about that 
is that you knew it was Burns. You knew it was Burns. Right. But with apparel, you got the best of both worlds. So if you were a fan of either one of them, you were not disappointed. Yeah, it was like they were they could check each other's work. And exactly. Yeah, no doubt. All right, so let's get on to some of the new releases that are coming out today. We have Riddler, Year of the Villain, going along with the uh, with the story that ongoing arc that they have going uh, for Year of the Villain. Uh, Lex Luthor has presented dark gifts to supervillains across the DC universe, setting off what can only be called Year of the Villain. Unfortunately, resources are limited, so not everyone got something, and the Riddler is one of those people and is displeased about it. Enigma, displeased. Ah, that guy. That guy. And also, to add to that, Batman number 78 came out today. Yeah, the wake of... Uh, and the wake of... Uh, the death of Alfred. Uh, spoiler, if you have not read number 77, Alfred apparently bought it. I don't really give out spoiler alerts. People by now should be, be known that we're going to spoil the crap out of yeah. everything here. I mean, we, we go watch a new movie and tell you all about it. So well, All our viewers just left. Yeah. They rage quitted. Yep. I'm kidding. Yeah, go ah, on. Ha, ha. I didn't know Alfred died J- two James months ago. James says hi. Say hi to James. Hi, hey, James. James. What's up? What's going on, James? I misspelled hi in the chat. Oh, there you and, go. Uh, <laughs> Detective H-I, Comics uh, 1011 came out. Uh, this is one that picked my curiosity. The Flash number 78, The Death of the Speed Force. Oh, that is a big deal. And this is and this is in part three. We got Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man number 29, arrival to the aftershocks from Mary Jane's recent decision. Um, are felt throughout Spider-Man's life with that with that throwing Peter's life into upheaval, a super villain rearing his rearing their head is not. <laughs> Great. Powers of X number four. Uh Wonder Woman 78, Venom number 18. And this one. I think everybody needs to jump on, if I may make a recommendation, Daredevil number 11. This book is really good and great storyline, great art. Event Event Leviathan number four came out today. Miles Morales, Spider-Man number 10, and Silver Silver Surfer Black number four, just to name a few. One of them that uh, I'm excited about picking up um, when I get up to flashback next is Captain Marvel number 10. See if we're going to finally find out who Star is. Who Star is. That's right. I'm really enjoying that series. It's been a great series. And I kind of have a feeling this is a younger time displaced version of Carol of Danvers. Ga- of Carol Danvers. That's what I'm thinking too, because she yeah. looks too much like her. Yeah. So I, that's, that's what I'm, I'm thinking here. Well, I could be wrong, but I, you know, I got one for you, Tommy. I know you're going to pick this one up. What's that? The unbeatable squirrel girl. Number 48. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm on that. Like white on rice. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and if I may make a recommendation, ladies and gentlemen, don't sleep on this. Hawkman. The new Hawkman series that is out, written by uh, Brian Hitch. Good stuff. Worth yeah. a read. He made his th- uh, return in uh, the Batman Metal um, miniseries, and he now has his own book. He's into his 16th issue, so somebody must be doing something right. I always loved the uh, the mythology of Thanagar in there. No, mm-hmm. man. Thanagar was great. Yeah. Yeah, and there was a long time that they wouldn't publish Hawkman because of how complicated they made his background. Oh, so yeah. It's good, good to know they finally streamlined that and brought him back into the And the guess mainstream. who fixed it? Who's that? Your, your, your main man. My main man, Jeff? That's it. Geoff? Geoff. Geoff. <laughs> and pick up, you, know, you can get that in the, um, there's a trade paperback, The Return of Hawkman, if you just want to get that particular story. And, you know, you were talking about Daredevil. One of the things I would love to see for Daredevil you know, I'm not reading it right, right now, but I, but if Ed Brubaker came back to, oh, man. Um, you know, came back to the title, I would be all about it because I have almost a Randy-esque crush this, on Ed Brubaker. I'm not going to lie. He well, was my favorite, he's my favorite Captain America writer of all time. Yes. My favorite Daredevil writer of all time. Gotham City was, Gotham Central Gotham was amazing. Central, yeah. was absolutely amazing. Yeah. So I think he's still, he's still writing for Image doing some crime books, but I'm not really into the crime Looks too much. You got but. me thinking about like what writer I'd really want to meet. Like my number one favorite writer, and the only, the only I name bet you you and I got the same one. It's Chuck Dixon. That's the only Chuck name. Dixon. Yeah. Oh, oh, I got one for you, and I know you'd love to meet him, Denny O'Neill. Oh yes, Denny O'Neill. I got Denny O'Neill. Forgot about him. <laughs> Denny O'Neill and Mike W. Barr. Mm. I would, I would love to meet those guys because Titans, yeah, they. Those two guys 
were the ones that really kept Batman alive. Yeah. And made yeah. him interesting. Brave, ladies and gentlemen, if I may recommend a set to you, get the Brave and the Bold. If you want to see Mike W., the classic Mike W. Barr writing, good stuff. Good stuff. Very underrated writer, does not get his due. Good deal, good deal. All right, but we're going to take a moment to pay some bills here real quick. Um, Madman, you'd like to do that for us, and then we'll go over our show and tell. Absolutely. Hello, listener. I'm the Madman, and I'm going to be uh, telling you. Uh, I want to ask you a question real quick. Uh, are you interested in comic books at all? I should hope so. Uh, yeah, oh, comic yes. books, are, um, they're little, like, books. They're tiny little books. <laughs> well, they're, they're kind of like a magazine. They're kind of like a magazine, and they have, like, uh, pictures and words, and they tend to be mostly superhero comic books, but there's ten, tons of other types of subjects and stuff like that that you can find, especially at Flashback Comics, located out of Woodbridge, Virginia. And they have tons of these new comic books, using air quotes, comic books. Mm-hmm. You remember, I explained what comic books are to you. That's right. All right, uh, back issues, which are older issues of comic books that people have saved over the years so that you can catch up on what's going on. They also have trade paperbacks, and trade paperbacks are like really are thicker books. All right, they're like uh, thicker comic books. Uh, they have toys that are based upon like um, comic book characters. You guys look so mean at me right now. <laughs> no, no, man, go and do your <laughs> thing. Do your thing. And they have tons of statues of you know like comic book characters and stuff like that. And it's like, cause I don't know about you, but I love stuff like that. I like to wake oh, up in yes. the middle of the night. See Batman staring at me. I feel safe. <laughs> <laughs> Batman's there. Batman's there, leaning over a gargoyle, looking ready to pounce. I'm like, oh, I'm I'm safe. Anyway, I can, got a funny story yeah. about something like that. And also, I'm pretty sure you would love to wake up and see Swamp Thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel safe. Uh, well, I'll tell you where they are. They're located in Woodbridge at three one one two PS Business Drive, uh, just off of Smoketown Road. Uh, that's Flashback Comics, and they're open Monday through Saturday from 10 a.m. to 6.30 p.m., and on Sundays they're open from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Be sure to tell Troy Lost in the Long Box sent you, and don't tell him I was condescending to you. And <laughs> so you were talking about the, the, the cutout and the statues. Yeah. Years ago, my wife and I were living together. We were we were actually not even dating at this point. We were just roommates. She was actually seeing someone else who was living with, you know, with us. Oh, you shoplifted the pootie. <laughs> And I came home from work. I came home from work one night and I did my I did my normal ritual. I, I walked in the door, went into the freezer, got me some Tostitos pizza rolls, heated mm. them up and went was going into the living room to eat them because that's what I did every night after I came from work. She had got a life size cutout of Legolas from the Lord of the Rings. I hadn't bothered turning any of the lights on. And of course, there's Legolas standing there in the corner. And I really thought someone was in my house. I was about ready to drop my pizza rolls and tackle this guy. I'm so glad I let my eyes adjust for a moment and realized that it was just a cutout of Orlando Bloom as Legolas. I was in this bar once. I had a few libations. And um, there's this girl across across the room looking at me. It was like, it was like okay, whatever. She And I looked back, and she's still staring. It's like, this bitch is staring. I guess she's interested. So I started walking over to that end of the bar, and it was a cardboard cutout. Uh, Oh! Oh. Coors Light. Coors Light. Coors Light, lady. There you go. There you go. (laughs) All right, well, let's get to some show and tell. uh, Let's start with Enos this time. What you got for us, buddy? All right, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, earlier we were talking about Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. So it's only fitting that I, for show and tell tonight, I show you... One of the one of the many examples of why he is a great artist. This is DC Comics presents. You see that camera there? I got it. This is DC Comics presents number three. It's a pretty cover. If you want now, this first this first came out in 1978. Just to give you an idea how old this book is, folks. I was 11 years old when my uncle. May he rest in peace. Great uncle bought this for me. Um, I didn't hold on to the original, but I've got so, a couple of other copies of this. So this is not my only copy, but I like this book so much because I always try to keep the books that people bought for me when I was a kid. Absolutely. Well, when did that come out again? 1978. And to put it into perspective, I was a year old. I was one, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, Thank you, kids. guys, for making hey, no me problem. Re- realize I'm close to Social Security. There you go. Well, that's, that's what I mean. Uh in September 11th, you were retiring from the Air Force? Uh, no, <laughs> no, I had, I was gone <laughs> by ten years. I got no. Yeah, I was about. Oh, man. Uh, I was, yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I was uh, 37 years old when that happened. Oh wow, wow. Yeah, but that is a beautiful book right there. I love yeah. that. Love that cover art. Well, the 
the colors contrast so perfectly. The, yeah, it's like a gradient almost. Yeah, and it's a beautiful. It's a beautiful. You know, the, the colors still pop and everything, even even yeah. though it's from nineteen seventy eight. So I love. I love and one that of book. the reasons why I was why I was such a big fan of Jose Gar- Luis Garcia Lopez. If you look at the way he draws his his the S. It is reminiscent of George Reeves from the old Superman TV yeah, it is. show. Oh, yeah, man, I didn't even notice. And 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 coincidentally, this was um, a few months after this book came out. The Super Superman the movie debuted in movie theaters. Matter of fact, it was four months after my uncle bought that for me that it came out, and uh, the old Superman TV show was rebroadcast to coincide with that. And I'm going to tell you something. It's very well done show, except for the parts of where they're shooting at the guy shooting at Superman. And then he runs out of bullets. Then he throws a gun at him and Superman ducks to get out of the way. Come on, man. Come on. Even uh, Mr. Ed will say, wait a minute. I thought bullets bounce off you, but you're going to duck from a gun. No. Nice. The point is, is the actor had to duck from yeah, the actor had to duck. <laughs> Right, right, right. The actor George did not want to get in there. Right? You ain't hit by get, cave in my chest in with no gun. Ain't no way. Mm-mm. All right. Well, thank you for that one. Next, we'll go on to Madman's Share. As always, a beautiful copy of A Justice League of America. Man. Number 71. What year is this one from? Do you know? I have no idea. Yeah. But it's from the month of May. I can tell you that. Death Orbit. We got some Martian Manhunter. Looks like the Atom, Superman, Batman, Flash, Green Lantern, and Hawkman. Hawkman, and it looks like way there in the back is Green Arrow too. Yep, Green Arrow. And yeah. uh, apparently they're all breathing. Yeah. And really, I mean, and with Death Orbit. So they're here right, to be breathing. Death Orbit. Death and Orbit. I was like, okay, I can understand like why Superman's not a corpse, but pretty much everyone else. Should well, Martian be. Manhunter. Should be I think Martian Manhunter can, can survive in the and back Martian of space. Manhunter. Yeah, yeah. Right. so I think he's fine. Yeah, people sleep on Martian Manhunter. Some people don't realize he's every bit as powerful as Superman. And his powers I'm, are way cooler. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a different power set, but I mean, he's every bit as powerful as Superman. I mean, when it comes to strength and everything like that, you know. And what, he is undeniably the heart and soul of the Justice League. Yeah, he just can't have s'mores. So Exactly. And yeah. Carl Lumbly, who coincidentally, ladies and gentlemen, played in the, Ill, the short-lived TV series Mantis, was the voice of uh, oh my goodness, Man, John Jones, Martian Manhunter for the Justice League for the entire run of the Bruce Tim Timverse Justice League series, hmm. and he voiced John perfectly. You, Martian Manhunter can eat s'mores. Well, he can. He just can't make them for himself. Fire. I understand that, but. I mean, he can eat them. Just someone else has to make them for him. But if they're on, a, if the Justice League is on a camping trip, wouldn't somebody like Flash make them some s'mores? I guess he could. You know, you can hang out in your tent, Martian Manhunter. I'll make you. I'll your make s'more. you the s'mores, well, so you exactly. don't have to get near the campfire. Come on, they're a team. Yeah. Especially, especially Wally. <laughs> hey, John. <laughs> I, I just love Michael Rosenbaum when he did he voiced uh, Wally on Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Man, it's, he's just great. I always like the fact about the Flash, you know, more Barry Allen, mm. is he's the fastest man alive and can run faster than anybody else on the planet. But he's never but on time. Late for everything. Just well, thought that was a great quirk. Well, it was kind of a, like because he, um, that's who he was beforehand. Mm-hmm. And then he said, "Is like if I start showing up on time all the time, that's going to yep. give away my secret. That's going to give give him Makes away. Makes perfect sense. So, I guess he, you know, it's like I guess I get to catch up on my reading. There you go. <laughs> And my share for tonight, since we're going to be talking about sex and comics, we're going to go with the uh, sensational yes. She-Hulk number one. I yes. Got, hold on. Let me get the... Yeah, for those of you who are listening, it's like, you've got to go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Take a look at these books, because they're gorgeous. Yeah, this is a pretty book. And that's a green woman I want to... Oh, John Byrne, no. you are the man. We were speaking of... We just talked about him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was a great. This is a great run too. This is you know. This is her Deadpool era, right? Yeah, yeah. this is her Deadpool era. For for those of you that are younger uh, listeners out there, She Hulk broke the f- fourth wall first, back in the nineties. Broke the glass ceiling first. Yes, the glass yep. fourth wall first. Yep. So she broke it first. She's the one that talked to you from you know talked to you from the book first. You know, a lot of people don't realize that, but she did it first. James is loving it. He's tearing up her. Oh, yeah. Our chat. Oh, great, James. He's Love a lucky one. He's on YouTube. Look, look for Lost in the Long Box on YouTube. And you can also find our stuff on Patreon, patreon.com slash Lost in the Long Box. Yes, indeed. Most uh, definitely. Check us out there. Where we have a, a 
a video just for patrons where you get to see Tommy have get pwned. That's right. See me flip out. <laughs> you guys had a lot of fun with that. See, we've seen it. <laughs> you yeah. haven't. You guys had a lot of fun with that, and I'm glad you had a lot of fun with that. A little bit, a little bit at my expense. Little bit, well, look, look. Hey, for, I dish it out a lot here, so I for, guess I get so it's, it's, it's good record, that I get taken down one time. We were hoping that that's not what it was, but when he said the war was over, that kind of gave it away. And both Madman and I looked at it, looked at each other at the same time and said, "Man, the church's money is messed up." Because yep. we was going to get some money out y'all two fools. Y'all get fighting at a comic book store over Patsy Walker 95. Because I darn sure was going to be there and record it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so head on over to our Patreon fa- page and you know check that out. You know, get, Go ahead and give a donation. Check that out. I'm sure you will not be disappointed. I go into a conniption. Hey, hey do you have that full series of the Sensational She-Hulk? I do not, no. This is actually the only issue I have. Randy has a bunch of them. Okay. Yeah, he's a he's an avid collector. There's a, there's a few are in, the, in there that he that he uh, needs, but yeah, I remember it was like that. I, what year did that come out? Ninety was it ninety four? I yeah. want to say ninety three, ninety four. Yeah, that yeah. was. See, I was a late bloomer, so it wasn't until like my junior year of high school mm-hmm. where my uh, hormones kicked in, and that's when I first looked at She Hulk and was like, "Ooh, fuck racism." Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to swear. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> well, we're gonna get a little e I'm beside sorry. our. I'm sorry, we're gonna get that e. We're gonna get that e. I've had it for a while, so I'm used to it. Yeah, so, so you're used to it, but we're gonna have an e for sorry, this one. Sorry, and nah, nothing wrong with an e. But um, but yeah, back in back in '86 when I was ironically at Seymour Johnson, I picked up a Marvel graphic novel, the sensational She-Hulk. She-Hulk is flexing in a black one-piece bathing suit, and man, the art in there was fantastic. John Burns just the man. Uh yeah, Randy gave me that Vampir uh what's it? Vampirella. Vampirella last week and, and I was like that first few pages of that is like wow, that's borderline pornography. Yeah. And yeah. and we have to address the fact that you just said Seymour Johnson. I'm sorry. I know I'm too old to be doing that, but that just Oh my I'm, I'm, God. I'm sorry. It yeah. Only Seymour you Seymour Johnson. Only you <laughs> on a sex episode. Only you. I'm sorry. Oh, gosh, I'm that sorry. was not a reference, folks. That is actually was the name of the Air Force Base where I was stationed Seymour in Goldsboro, Johnson. North Carolina. Come on, you said C. F. Johnson, right? The, uh, Seymour Johnson. Seymour Johnson. S e y m o u r j o n s o h. Did I make a joke at that time? Huh? I don't remember. Did I make a joke? No, you have not made a joke yet. Feel free to make one because you know Seymour. That sounds like a very fitting name for a military base. There you go. There you go. I, and to tell you the truth, every time I hear the word, the name Seymour, I think about this little kid from the old Dennis the Menace live action series who was always crying about something. His name was Seymour. Yeah, you are old. I think about um, um, Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the, the, the plant. And, like, I don't know who it was, but the Way- Damon Wayans always referred to somebody named Seymour in his stand-up comedy. So I don't know who it is. He must grew up with somebody named Seymour. <laughs> well, it's a funny name. Yeah, it is. So, <laughs> so it was like, I know, and knowing Damon, he gave that poor kid hell. So sex and comics in the comics medium. When did it get all hot and steamy? So Sex. Sex. In comics? In yes. comics. Oh, I thought about, I thought this, I did all my notes thinking this is sex on comics. Sex on comics. So people, you know, making love on a pile of comic books. Yes. Nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm going to cross all this out. I, I see no problem with that. They'd have to be ones that, you know, are like dollar man material. Though. Ooh, ooh, yeah. I got to cross this paragraph out too. So what are you, are you, you talking about having sex on a copy of like Amazing Fantasy 15? <laughs> that sounds really hot. <laughs> Oh, uh, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. I think I'd be worried about getting bends in it or something like that. I think I'd be too, too, a little too worried. It's a very real danger. Yeah, I mean, Mike gets a little performance anxiety there. It's like because of don't, my, don't move around so much. Don't don't just stay still. <laughs> oh like, my god! You heard about those people that stole the moon rocks to have sex on them, right? No, I didn't. No. Do a little research on that. I will have to check that out. Do a little research yes. on that. Oh, snap. I'm going to have to go look at that now. So let's let's talk about sex and comics. Absolutely. Let's get, let's get a little immature for a bit before we get to some of the more serious ones, because we have to ask the question. Mm-hmm. Superman and Lois Lane. What's it like? What's it like? I mean, he's the man of steel, so you know he's got to have the penis of steel. Well, I mean, do you, um, I mean it, you've seen that movie Mallrats, right? Where, yes. Where Stan Lee uh, goes up and talks to, uh, what's his name, Brody. 
you know, for for a long time, he's trying to like tell him like, you know, hey, you know, work for this relationship and stuff like that. But he's got Stanley there. You got Stanley's ear, and what are you asking him? Is like, does a sperm fly around forever until it impregnates something because well, there, it's Kryptonian sperm? Well, there you go. I mean, that's that's the key question here because you know, if it if it's also bulletproof, it's going to just go right through a latex condom. That's probably why John's in this world because there's no way they could have safe sex. Well, that's that's what he said in the movie. Is like, there's right. no way he could bang Lois without killing her. Right, and I mean, it would he kill her too. Condom, but that would kill him. Oh, and that would kill him. So but how do you do he, this? Maybe get a different color con- Kryptonite condom. Oh, I don't know. Or well, you don't want to get what's the one that makes him even stronger. You don't want that. Or he could, they could have conceived John in an area under a red sun. They could have, yes, that's possible. So that where that way, Superman was. A but how do you get man. home? Then you you know, get there. I guess you have to get like a spaceship and fly to another planet so Superman can have sex with his wife. Because. Otherwise, he's just going to rip her apart. With Maybe the that's what they steel. do on their anniversary. You don't know. I think, hey, you know, whatever. Well, well, Dan Jurgens alluded to, if you remember, in the Superman number 75, talked about where, when, um, no, 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 I take that back. Do you remember when he came back? Mm-hmm. And mullet. um, when he was in the black suit with the mullet, and he was telling her to remember, telling about uh, she because she questioned who he was because there was all these guys coming back saying there was Superman. He was talking about these things, a lot of things that they did. And he said, and the, and do you remember that night when we first? And I'm like, okay, mm. because only, only. Clark would know the first time they made love. So yeah. I'm thinking Right. So 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 that was kind of like the dead giveaway because Lois ain't done nothing with them other guys. That's right. But here's what I mean. Because he's Superman, I don't know how blue we want to get here. All right. Go for it. Uh Clark, we already got an E. Clark. So. Yeah, so, sorry. Sorry about that. That's my fault. The uh the Clark slash Superman. He's got the super speed, he's got the super strength and stuff like that. Uh he could have relationship relations. With Lois. And when, as Hancock says, when the time comes. Yeah. When mm-hmm. the time comes, right. you move out of the way. It's like, no, you're super fast. So he would probably run up to the roof of the Daily Planet if they're doing it in a broom closet at the at work. I don't know how they do over there at the Daily Planet. And explode. Out. Yeah. Away from Earth. Yeah, into away space. Away from Earth. Because yeah. that's, that's going to hurt. That, that's going to hurt. That's the only plausible safe thing that he could do. Right. Right. But, you know, it's comic. He'd be back there real quick and she'd never even notice it. But because comics, it works. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to talk about – there's one sexual relationship I didn't like because I didn't really – I don't like sex in comics. Yeah. I, I, to be honest with you, I kind of feel the same way. Yeah. Hey. I, I, kind of, I mean, I know what happens. I know these are grown men and women, and you got to address it at some point. But I kind of always like the classic, you know, coming out of the bedroom afterwards to yeah. infer that it happened no, more than But here's the thing. Else. It's like um, like Garfield Logan. I mean, he is such a man slut. You know, it he, it irritates me every time he hooks up with some other, other hero, especially – ones i like Mm -hmm. all right and this is weird feeling to have when you're 12 years old or something like that and you're just like what the hell raven stay Mm. away from that guy he's nothing but trouble he's probably got a disease right i mean he's what (laughs) how many different kinds of beast i mean yeah you know at least one of them's probably got rabies or fleas or something different but but then again being turned to a reptile you know reptiles can't contract rabies so (laughs) you'll do it then all of a sudden he'll do it and then turn to a snake and it's over there you go. Or a lizard or something like that. Lizard. Cause, well, I, I think it's because I didn't like you know, Garfield's personality. I didn't like him as a person. Did, and I didn't want somebody I liked. liked you know, I hate like that Raven when, when someone dating went, him. I, I'm the same way. You know, I just like, I don't, want, I don't want this person dating one of my favorite characters. Because, I because don't like the them. way Wolfman wrote him in the early days of teen, the new Teen Titans, he wasn't very likable as a person. He was annoying, rather annoying. Yeah. Yeah, because he was always doing something, always trying to get the girls' attention. But I love what they did in teen, um, New Teen Titans and the Uncanny X Men when um, Gar was trying to change into the Phoenix, and Starfire forgot where she was and grabbed him by his neck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, and she said she told him, "Don't." He was joking about it. He said, "Don't make jokes in my warrior's rage. I could have killed you." All right. That's why. That's why I like. I I was always for Robin and Starfire getting together because I mean, who else would have the guts? 
to deal, Speaking deal, of deal them, with that woman. I know, right? She's very, Speaking very forward, them, to yes. say the least. Yes. And not just with that her was, comic. That was costume. interesting as well. Mm-hmm. And like you know, also in that book, Terry Long and Donna Troy. Power yeah, of yeah. Wonder Woman and a regular dude. Well, Steve Trevor in Wonder Woman. And yeah, one, yeah. So I never got that. And uh um the one that irritated me the most though, apparently I have a lot to say on this subject, was uh Batman the Son of the Demon. Uh when Batman hooked up with Talia, I was super mad at him. And the result of that coupling has not has been done nothing but make me more and more angry. <laughs> yeah, and that, be, because you know they retconned that and turned it into that little thought we don't like Damien. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. yeah, definitely. Oh goodness. So we also have Omaha the Cat Dancer. Uh, it's an erotic comic strip and later a comic book by Reed Waller and write and writer Kate Worley, set in a fictional Mipple City, Minnesota, um, in a universe populated by anamorphic. I can never say this word, but funny animals. Anamorphic. That's the word. That is the word. I'm not going to try to say it again because. Yeah, you just heard me try to say it. Right. I'm not even going to try it. So the strip is a soap opera focusing on Omaha, a female, a feline, uh, exotic dancer, and her lover, Chuck, the son of a business tycoon. So Omaha and Chuck. Um, It debuted in the animal magazine Voody and a number of underground comics in the late 70s and early 80s. Became the subject of a comic book series from 84 to 83 by Kitchen Sink Press and was relaunched by Fantagraphic Books through 95. The final chapters of the strip storyline were published in Sizzle magazine beginning in 2006. Um, a, a big thing here. Let me get to it here. Uh, Omaha the Cat Dancer was the first several comic books in the early 80s which integrated sex into their storylines rather than utilizing uh, the explicitness for shock value. In 88, Friendly Franks, a comic store in suburban Chicago, was fined $750 for selling obscene material, including Omaha the Cat da- Dancer. And as a result of the controversy, the comic book legal defense fund was formed. So, definitely a big thing right there for this comic book. I have back. seen. I um. I happened to read an issue of that during my days in North Carolina. They held nothing back. Okay. Yeah, I. I, I mean, I mean. I hadn't heard of it. There was there doing was research nothing. For the show, but. I'm not going to go into a whole lot of details, folks. But I will tell you. When they said they had sex, they left nothing to the imagination. You saw everything. And that's that's why I didn't like that stuff. It was yeah, and 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 like you know, I'm with Madman on this. You know, everything has its place, but I mean, I know sex happens. You know, it's something we all yeah. think about and all that good kind of stuff. But I mean, there's just some plus some areas where I'm like. I can take it or leave it, but in my comics, because I know, and being that I'm a creator, I'm going to have to be mindful of what I'm writing and what have because I want everybody to see this. I'm talking about kids and everything like that. I'm going to try to make this as PG as possible. So some of the stuff that you that I'm going to be writing, I'm not going to put that stuff in there because I want the kids, I want want to give back. Absolutely. What was given to me when I was a kid, when I couldn't watch certain things on television, when I couldn't read certain things, I always had my comics. So I just want to be sure that I give give the kids something. Yeah. Yeah. And you were talking about, you know, about, about it being subtle and everything. It reminds me, I don't remember what issue it was, but when Starenko was working on S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. and w- was with Nick Fury and one of his lady friends. He was going to draw a, 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 scene, a sex scene, and they would not. the Comics Code Authority that we talked about earlier would not allow it. So it cuts to a scene where you just see the gun on a chair. That's uh, what they oh, were let him no, to do. No, it was on a, in a holster. Yeah, right? in a holster. It was in a holster, yeah. And that, and that was, like, controversial. Right, and that yeah. was controversial. And I will say right now that that's far more erotic than showing the sex scene. <laughs> what, 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 what will you see? <laughs> because then you have to use your imagination – and as a teenage boy, yeah, you could probably imagine, imagine quite a bit. Imagination is way better than what they can what, draw. What exactly. What can draw. And, and so. I think, and it being done that, this is non-comic book related. And that is so true, guys, in what you're saying. Because I think one of the best things that they ever did, if any of you ever saw the movie, Eddie Murphy movie, Harlem Nights, if y'all remember, Jasmine Guy was on the TV series A Different World. She played Whitley, one of the more popular characters on there, mm-hmm. and a lot of guys were hot for her. 
So they figured that they were going to see her in the all together in this movie. No dice. And that was and that was what I loved about it because she proved that she could be a sexy woman and stay fully clothed. There you go. Yeah. Sometimes less is more. And exactly. You know, what was it? Hugh Hefner said that in order to be sexy, you must be wearing clothes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think he said something to that effect. Yeah. And I, 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 I kind of have to agree with him on that. You know, I'm not saying I'm not saying that I, I don't I don't admire you know a good looking naked woman. You know, don't get me wrong. But I think Hugh's right there. Well, class goes a long way. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh my way. God. Yes. Yes. Um, so, uh, do you have any other examples for us right now, Enos? No. When I uh, was, uh, I, I will, I will tell tell you when I was in junior high, one of the books that I really liked to read was Kesar by Brent Anderson, mm-hmm. and I just loved the way he drew Shauna the she devil. She and um, very well built built woman. Woman. She had her top and her. Um, leopard print bikini. She was a sexy woman, but she wasn't one to be played with. And just the way he drew her was just like I was like, okay, yeah, I like this. Well, well that's what I mean. Is like uh, when it comes to being as a reader and a sexual attraction to a character, it had a lot more to do with either like, for example, uh, what Tigra? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just thinking about? I mean, I guess that's like the birth of the furry movement or something like that, mm-hmm. where you're just thinking about is like, what if a person like that really existed and she's wearing that bikini at top, and you're just like, what's it like with that woman? Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so, um, and it's also is like, um, like when it came to me with Raven, because I was when it came to the Titan, new t- mm-hmm. uh, uh, Teen Titans, it was Raven I was crushing on, and it was because she was tortured and. Uh, you know, she, my dad's a trigon. And, and like, when she pulled that hood off, she was so beautiful. Exactly. And so, I mean, it was, it, she was the, the one I crushed on. Mm. And so, uh, and, and Garfield Logan, I'm just like, man, I never wanted to kill a good guy. So <laughs> bad. I mean, hated that guy. You can die, now, this boy. Now, I also liked the way John, John, the way John Byrne drew women also. I loved George Perez's women. And um, but but I loved how he how those guys did their ladies tasteful. I have never seen the Invisible Woman or Sue Richards look as hot as she did when John during John Burns run. And Waltz, Walter Simonson had a uh, her name was Lorelai during his run on Thor. She was the one that was trying to get uh, Thor to um, drink her elixir or something so she could be his or be her her be um her slave what have you mm-hmm. and she just couldn't get him to drink it. it's like and a, a and they had her looking pretty doggone fly fly i love it we're bringing back what what the 90s with that word yeah. going back sarge is going back in living color sarge uh, is going back now the fly girls <laughs> there you go so some other specific examples green arrow volume two number 34 uh ollie and diana have their own tumble what? To, yep what oh yeah black green arrow and and, and uh, black, black canary. canary oh i thought you said did you say Diana or Dinah? Dinah. Oh, should be Dinah. Okay, Dinah. Yeah, I, don't I, I don't care about that. Yeah, no, no, not Diana. He wasn't you know, getting with Wonder Woman. My bad. But Batman but, came mighty doggone close. But exactly. they were looking. They were looking to conceive a child. Um, it was very, gra- very graphic as the readers get a, l- a glimpse of Black Canary's bare bottom and her breast as you know they're doing the, their thing. Ew. Uh, yeah, this isn't her typical one with you know just bed sheets covering the private parts from uh, during that era. So they showed a little bit more. And you know, as I, as I discussed before, I think I probably could have been done with you know, like, well, maybe in that, in that story, maybe you have to show it a little more because they are trying to have a child, you know. Well, I mean, maybe you can't leave it quite up as much to an imagination. I, as just as put just put a arrow and a quiver in the background; it'd be fine. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't remember this one. I read Watchmen, but I don't remember this uh, specific part. But Silk Spectre two and Doctor Manhattan having a three way while he's still doing research in the lab. It's not technically a three way. Or five-way or whatever it was. He made copies of himself. If you ask me, she's still having sex with one person. Well, there you yeah. go. I mean, I guess technically she is. You know. and so this is why the sex with superheroes is such an interesting concept because, you know, this is the kind of ethical discussion she's right. having. It's like, well, it's not really like cheating on Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> well, like mul- multiple man, you know, how many, <laughs> how, man, yeah, how, many how many could you, you do with that guy, you know? But yeah, so yeah, I don't, not, now that you mentioned you bring that up, I do remember it now. I do remember it. Mm. Yeah. So that was a pretty complicated book, and that was from the mind of Alan Moore. So yeah, I'm not a surprised. Very, that. very sick man. Yeah, that was a that was a hard read. 
I'm not saying it wasn't a good book, but it's, that was it it's was an Alan Moore book. You it just was said it. It's I, a hard read. I had I had to I, I couldn't read more than like one issue at a time, and then I had to go to something a little more upbeat because yeah. it was really well. That's what I mean. He's nihilistic. And yeah, the whole that whole particular that particular series, Watchmen, shows how nihilistic he is. Oh yeah, uh, it's just how Doctor Manhattan behaves. I mean, I could go an hour about uh, uh, his his nihilism, and uh, you know, even V for Vendetta, you know, has this horrible nihilism. It's just like nothing matters. Let's tear it all down. Anarch- yeah. Anarchy, bro. Yeah. You know? And I'm just like, eh, whatever. Anarchy in the UK, baby. And uh, being speaking of Alan Moore, we I think we, we would be very remiss if we didn't mention this. The Killing Joke. Yeah. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. That was one time I did not want to see a nude body. That At the Joker, if you haven't read the book, he shoots Barbara Gordon, disrobes her. And takes pictures of her. Yeah. And I'm like, this just shows just how maniacal the Joker is. Yeah. And even after he did all that and what he did to Commissioner Gordon, Gordon still tells Batman. By the book. By the book. Got to show him our way works. Yeah, got him show him. Got to I'll, show him that our way works. I'll and never, just I'll you know, never forget those bubbles. Yeah, yeah, that was that was that was a tough read too. Yeah, it that, was. that was Alan Moore. Yeah, because that was, and that certainly wasn't sex either. So no, exactly. So that definitely you know wasn't sex. Um, Avengers seventy one and and comes up between Janet Van Dyne's breasts ha- having having obviously been down under the land man. See, that's the thing that's interesting about this whole concept. Yeah. Yeah, what would you do if you could shrink or enlarge or whatever? I did a, I did a show on uh, Shock Monkeys, my show, where I talked about sex with giants, and I think I was talking about Titania or something like that. And I was like, what would it be like to hook up with a girl like that? And I was like, but I bet there's like there's no woman like regular woman on earth that ever want to hook up with like giant man. Right, right, you know, right. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, especially not at you know full height. He could grow up to what ten feet tall or something like yeah. that. Like sixty, I thought sixty. Yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't oh, think yeah, he, right. I don't think he typically went that tall because of you know problems. But. Yeah, he'd like pass out or something, like get hungry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but but yeah, Giant Man. I always liked Giant. And I was glad that they introduced him. We got to see him in the movies. Yeah, that was super, and, and no one could have done it but Paul Rudd. I'm sorry, and I would like to see. I like to see Michael Douglas do it one time. If they ever do another Marvel Cinematic Universe film. And do one with Ant Man in the wall. I would like to see if um, I don't know if Michael Douglas could pull off that kind of playful kind of character. Yeah, I don't. I don't see that. I don't see that. I mean, he doesn't have know. the comedy yeah, chops he does that it. Paul Rudd has. He, yeah, he, I don't. I don't. I don't he, see that. Out even of Michael when Douglas. he does a comedic theme film, yeah. he's still the straight man. I could see Paul Rudd doing that. Oh, Paul Rudd's the great yeah, man. Paul, Paul Rudd could do that. He's but, a national treasure. But but yeah, Michael Douglas not so much. Yeah, I, I don't see him pulling that off. Yeah. I liked him as as you know Hank Pym though, and yeah, the, oh yeah, oh yeah, he I was a great Hank good. Pym. I thought he was a great, great Hank Pym, and he couldn't have got any better, anyone better than Michelle Pfeiffer's Janet Van Dyne. Well, she's pr- she's pretty much great in everything she does. Hell yeah, so. Grease too. Okay. Oh okay. yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, okay. So. Checkmate. Yeah, Checkmate. So, uh, yeah. Every everybody uh. everybody has that one movie that they that they bomb. So yes, you yes, had to go and remind yeah. us okay. of that. <laughs> well, speaking of which, I would love to see some more uh, superhero musicals. Uh, Marvel Studios, if you're listening, yes. I, oh my I god, would love yes. To see superhero musicals. Oh my Captain Horrible god, sing along yes. blog is yes. awesome. Give me a superhero musical. Oh my <laughs> Have god. Have you ever watched any of the um, uh, musical Batman, the Brave and the Bold cartoons? I think I've seen a couple on like YouTube. I think. Well, yeah. I would say the Flash episode that you know had that that was the mu- yeah. was with Supergirl. I like that one. Yeah. So and, musicals. Uh, but but, okay. but yeah, they, I think they did. There was a two or three episodes that they did where everyone's singing and all that good kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Well, it looks like we are about out of time. So everybody from here at lost the long box. Y'all have a great night, and we will see you next week. Yeah, I'm sorry for swearing. Yeah, that happens. I'm the madman. I love yeah. you. Yep, we love you all. Have a good night, everyone. Have a good night, everyone. <laughs>